Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. Well, today I'm excited kind of to jump into what the Lord has for us today. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, who, Who likes trees? Raise your hand if you like trees. Okay, if your hand is not up, it's maybe because you don't know what a tree does for you. You realize that, you know, when we breathe out, uh, we breathe out bad air. Come on, your spouse can tell you that. We breathe out bad air. And a tree like these and this one actually breathes in what we're breathing out. And that tree breathes in And so I want you to picture this, because I think sometimes we look at uh, the creation of the Lord and don't understand the importance of it all. And so this tree breathes in what we're breathing out. It takes our bad air and breathes it in. Right now, it's like, Jesus, help me. (laughs) It's taking my bad air and it's sucking it in this tree, and it goes through a process inside of this tree Somehow it, it, it auctionates it and takes it and puts good air back out so that I can breathe the good air and continue to live. And we need to realize the importance of trees. Today, when I'm done, you all going to go plant a tree. You know, I love this. Bring up this first picture for me. So this picture here is a picture of a couple of trees, actually three trees uh, that are, you know, really visible there. One's a pecan tree on the left. Uh, The other one is a big live oak. And then on the right, I think that's a a cedar type of cedar tree. And so you you have those trees there. Well, my father-in-law planted those trees. Those did not exist before him. And he took some little trees and planted those trees And now this is what you see. So a lot of people, they like, oh, I don't want to plant a tree. It takes too long to grow. Uh, It grows a lot faster than you would think. And I'm so glad that he took those seeds and planted those trees for me to enjoy, for Cindy to enjoy, for the grandkids to enjoy. And watch this, if the Lord tarries for our grandkids to enjoy and their children and their grandchildren, because especially the live oak gets to be hundreds of years old, and so they'll be under that tree. So literally, when you take a tree and you hold it in your hand or a seed of a tree in your hand, you're holding hundreds of years in your hand. And you're, you're planning something that, that people will be able to experience way beyond yourself. Now see, sometimes we don't plant trees because we're so self-centered to think we're not getting all the benefit, not thinking about all the generations that could get the benefit if we planted the tree in the right place. Come on. 
And so not only did he plant this and this happened, but he gave Cindy and I a little, a little uh, I guess you call them a sapling, uh, Pastor Warren. He gave me a little, is that what you call a little bitty tree? So he gave me a little sapling of a live oak. And honestly, when he gave me the sapling of this live oak, and he, he, you know, he's like, here, you know, plant this, my son-in-law. I look at that thing and I'm like, man, that thing's a pencil. It ain't going to live. What's he giving me that for? And Cindy said, just plant it, baby. Just plant it. And so we planted that. How many years ago, Cindy? Yeah, about 15 years ago, I planted that little sapling. And this is what that little sapling looks like today. So in 15 years, that thing has gone from a, something as big as my pinky to being this beautiful tree. Isn't it beautiful? And it just, it, it brings shade to my yard already. And I have a swing under there. The grandchildren are already playing under it. But not only that, but it is there to <laughs> breathe in our bad air <laughs> and then breathe out good air so that we can live and thrive in the world that we live. And in America, honestly, we've done pretty good with this, uh, with protecting our environment. I mean, believe me, if you go to Africa, you can't find like an animal anywhere. They don't kill them all because there were no seasons. There were no management. And without seasons and management, you kill off the very things that you're going to need later. And same thing with some of these countries, they just wipe out trees and never replant. And so here we actually have a replanting where if you wipe it out, you have to replant. So, and, and it's important that, that we do these things. It's important, and it's a biblical thing. You know, you can, you can have a, you can say that I'm here to take care, part of my job is to take care of the world that God gave me without being a liberal. Because we are here to partly take care of the, Adam and Eve, he said, you, you gotta manage this. I'm giving you this and you need to manage it. And so we have to manage it and make sure we do take care of it with the understanding that it's wearing out and it, and it will one day be gone, but it doesn't mean we don't take care of it now or to be going quicker. <clears throat> Trees are very important. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that a tree actually worships the Lord. The scripture says that the trees even worship the Lord. <clears throat> See, sometimes we're so self-centered of being a human, we forget that God created it all, not just us, and that he says that even the trees worship me. And you go to that scripture, it even brings more understanding because he's not just the trees, but the animals and the fish and everyone. And you go to that scripture, it actually says that everything that has breath, let it worship the Lord. Well, doesn't a tree have breath? We know scientifically a tree has breath, and that tree's breathing in and breathing out. And so because of uh, this understanding and much more that I'm going to reveal to you today, uh, I have become a tree hugger. And so hence the title of this message, tree hugger. Cole said, <laughs> he's in my armor bear group, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm preaching on this, and I told him tree hugging. A tree hugger is the title. He said, right when I got the text, I was chopping some wood. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> but 
But understand where I'm going, you will in a minute, so don't leave yet. Don't tune me out if you live feeding and it was too cold for you to come to church. It wasn't too cold for us, was it, guys? Amen. But we love you anyway. And, uh, but, you know, I've become a tree hugger, and, and when you think about trees in the Bible, and you start thinking about something, you go, whoa, wow, wait a minute, there's a little, a little bit more to this than we realize. How about it starts out with going the tree of life? I mean, you go, oh, God, a tree is literally the center of things in the garden. And of course, you had the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and you had other trees too. But I want you to bring up this olive tree. You know, a lot of people, when they depict the tree of life, they, you know, you know some people do the tree of knowledge, good and evil as an apple tree. And some people, you know, the tree of life as some other kind of tree that has fruit. And to be honest with you, no one knows. It could have been a tree that, you know, a, that we don't even know about. However, I like just using an olive tree because there's something about an olive tree in the scriptures that is very connected. An olive tree does have fruit on it. And this particular olive tree uh, is over 2,000 years old. I have been at this olive tree. And I love the fact that not only have I been at this olive tree, but Jesus has been at this olive tree. This is the olive tree in the garden of Gethsemane that Jesus wept. This is the same olive tree. I have been to that olive tree. And what an experience to know, whoo, that tree has saw some stuff. And it's a big old tree. That thing is huge. And so I want to talk about, so, so it starts the tree of life. Bam. Say bam. So when you start, you're like, okay, wow. And it's interesting, you know, from what did the Lord speak to Moses? A little tree. So it was a little tree that the Lord spoke through Moses. How about this? When the prophets see the throne of God, they said there's a river coming from the throne of God, and there are trees lined up on the right and the left-hand side of that river, and the trees are for the healing of the nations. Oh, come on, somebody. Are we, are we getting a, a hold of this now? Realizing how much trees are in the, the scriptures. And then, and then it's not a stretch at all to understand that the Lord takes creation to show us ourselves. We know this. He takes different parts of creation and says, I want you to study this animal. I want you to study this object because you are like that. Come on, we know this. Aren't we called sheep? Because he's saying a sheep, when you understand a sheep, you're going to understand yourself better. Then he, he doesn't just use sheep. He actually uses mule. He uses horse. He uses all kinds of illustrations in the scripture, wolves. Come on, someone. He uses a wolf to describe someone. He uses leaven even to describe things about our life. We're even called grass in one scripture. How about this? 
bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Now let me ask you something. Is he talking about wheat or is he talking about people? He's talking about people, but he's using wheat to describe people. He even said we're like the sand on the seashore. That our life is like a grain of sand. He even says we're like the stars that are in the sky. That he said, I'm going to give you the seeds and you want to be able to count them, be like the stars that are in the sky. He even says, I, I, I know the stars all by name. I know them all by name. So you start realizing that, you know, we kind of go the opposite way sometimes because the, the wicked or the worldly, because they embrace something, we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Instead of going, wait a minute, there's some good here that I need to not throw out. And so another thing that he does and he uses to describe us is he uses the tree. I mean, didn't Isaiah say that we need to be oaks of righteousness? And so if you recall, I actually used to have a painting in the old, in the, uh, old building when we were there, and it was a painting of grass. It's kind of funny. People, a visitor come in, and it's a huge painting and just grass. And I bet you're saying, man, I wonder if they have a lawnmower company around here or something. <laughs> But then, then we had a tree in there, you know, that was on the wall over there. And so what is all that about? Because Isaiah say we need to be oaks of righteousness. So when you look at a live oak, it should remind you of, wow, I need to be sturdy like that. I need to be strong like that. I need to be balanced like that. I need to go deep like that. Because I'm telling you what, a live oak's strong. They withstand some stuff. And so, so you see, you know, Isaiah saying that we got to be oaks of righteousness. You see, in the Psalms and in Jeremiah, where it says we're like a tree, that we should plant ourselves by the river of water. So that when everyone else is drying up and going away, we don't dry up and go away. We stay green. We produce fruit year round. Come on, somebody. If you don't think trees matter one way or the other, what about Jesus? He went up to the fig tree and he said, cursed be you. And he got mad at the tree because it didn't produce the fruit that it was proclaiming to produce. And so you start looking at these different scenarios of, of how the trees, I mean, we were just reading in Revelations with the two witnesses, the two witnesses that the Lord is going to send and is going to do great miracles and then eventually they're going to be killed and they're going to be dead for three and a half days. And then they're going to rise up again. By the way, who are the two witnesses? Who do we feel they are theologically? Elijah and who? Enoch. Why Elijah and Enoch? Because they didn't die. And so he had to have two people who have never died. And that's the ones who will sin to be the witnesses because they're going to die. We're all going to die once. But those who don't know Jesus will die twice. You don't want to die twice. You want to be born twice, die once, instead of being born once and die twice. You'll get that in a little while. All right. Didn't it also say in the scripture that Jesus is divine and we are? Didn't it also about say about Israel? She's been 
She's been taken, cut off, but she's going to be grafted back in. Come on. When you start thinking about trees, you're going to never look at them the same way again. Didn't the Lord Jesus Christ say himself that you judge a tree by it? Now, was he talking about trees or was he talking about us? He was talking about us. And so when you start seeing all these references in Scripture and everything that's going on, you're like, whoa, wow. Now you know why I've, I've proclaimed now that I am a tree hugger. And yes, trees are important, but it has less to do with, with just a tree and more to do with people. And I'm not, I'm not the only tree hugger around either. Daniel was a tree hugger. Didn't it say of Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and in his dream he was this giant tree, and it was this humongous tree, and the tree got cut down, and he asked Daniel, you know, what, what is this? And Daniel said, ooh, this is not good is what it is. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, you need to humble yourself and you need to serve the poor and the Lord won't cut you down if you do that. So Daniel was being a tree hugger. He was trying to keep King Nebuchadnezzar from being cut down. He was tree hugging. He was trying to keep him from being cut down. Well, Nebuchadnezzar lasted, uh, listened to him for about a year. And after a year, he stood up and said, I did all this. And boom, the very night, he gets cut down. But the Lord said, I'm not going to cut him down totally. I'm going to cut him down and I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the stump there. And out of the stump, he's going to grow again. But he's going to learn for seven years about what it's like uh, to know that I am sovereign, I am God, and anything you have, I gave it to you. If we don't learn that lesson, we may find ourselves cut down and eating grass like an ox and growing fingernails. I know, ladies, you like fingernails, but you don't want that kind of fingernail. Because he grew his fingernails out long, too. He became crazy in his mind and until he realized that the Lord is God and anything that I have, it is from him. When you understand that, it's easy to give. When you understand that, it's easy to trust. You see, in America, you know, I, I can go to a buffet and just eat even though it's all before me, I can just eat what I need to be satisfied instead of being a hog and try to eat it all. See, a hog thinks, you know, I'm not going to ever get this again, so I need to eat it all. It's the whole idea that the Lord can't do that again. Instead of going, no, I can just, I cannot go hog while on on things that I enjoy, I can just be satisfied so I can stay focused on the Lord and be satisfied and stay focused on the Lord. I don't have to go because I know the Lord, if he did it today, he'll do it tomorrow. He'll do it when I need it. I don't have to do that. So Daniel was trying to, he was a tree hugger. I'll tell you, someone else was a tree hugger, John, John the Baptist. Then he say, the ax is laid at the base of the tree. And what was he saying? Y'all got to repent because if y'all don't repent, the Lord is coming and he's going to cut you down. So you got to repent or you're going to get cut down. So what was John doing? John wasn't trying to cut them down. John was trying to keep them from being cut down. That was the whole idea 
of his ministry was to prepare the way of the Lord, but he said, look, he's coming, but he will cut you down if you don't get some things right. And so it was in repentance that, that caused you know, people to be saved from the acts. It was, it was through the repentance of that. And so not only Daniel was a tree hugger, not only John was a tree hugger, but Jesus was a tree hugger. And we know that in scripture, in Luke chapter 13 and verse six, I love this parable, and it's in the context of him talking about repentance and making sure that we're turning away from the things of the world and turning towards God. And in that context, he comes up with this parable and he began by telling it and he said, a man had a fig tree, all right, which had been planted in a vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, so you have the owner and the keeper, look, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. For three years I've been coming and I have not found any. Now I want you to hold up right there. So I've not found any. If you know anything about a fig tree, who's got a fig tree in their yard? All right, I have one. Gene Mills gave me my fig tree and it was a little wee little thing when he gave me my fig tree and I planted that thing and you know the first year I had figs? The second year I had figs. The third year I had figs. Each year it actually increased the amount of figs. But this fig tree, because a fig tree should be producing immediately. It's interesting, that's what the Lord cursed was a fig tree. And he said, so this owner comes and he goes, yeah, man, I've looked and for three years this thing's not produced anything. So watch what he says. Cut it down. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? Mm. But he answered and said to him, this is the vine keeper. He answers and says to the owner, and he says, sir, Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Please leave it alone for this year too. And I'm going to do something. I am going to dig around it and I'm going to put in fertilizer. And then if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, then I get it. I get it. Cut it down. Wow. There's some lessons here I want us to learn this morning before we go on our way, and so lessons from a tree hugger. And we're gonna take these lessons from the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one is we need to carry around fertilizer instead of an ax. See, I think too many times we as Christians are carrying around the ax instead of the fertilizer. We're all about cutting people down instead of trying to build them up. And I, 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 can we be foolish to think that social media is not the same thing? That it's our words? That it's our words? You know what the axe is? It's the word. Isn't the word a sword? It's also an axe. And so I want to encourage everyone in here, if you're a tree hugger, 
You don't need this. I did a message one time, and I had a tree. And it wasn't this message, it was another message, but I had a tree, and I swung that axe to cut down that tree, and I guess I was kind of fired up. I don't get like that much, but I was fired up, and I swung that axe. It went through the tree, through the carpet, through the wood, and I went, uh-oh. Andre, I think you were there. I said, we got to repair that. <laughs> Offering will be after this. We got to repair this carpet. <laughs> But we got to do it. What you did if I just threw it to you? He's a real man. He just caught it. So we got to learn to carry around a fertilizer, not the axe, right? Let's quit cutting people down. Not while we're here. Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. We got to get the, because there's a, there's a stigma out there of this whole idea of we, we're just judging everyone. No, we're not here to judge anyone. We're here to save people. They've already been judged by the Lord. We're here to try to get them out of the judgment. See, the, the owners already say, cut them down. So we're trying to go, no, 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 no. Give me a little time with them. Give me a little time with them, right? But the other thing I want you to see <laughs> is we can't just take up space but we have to produce. Let, let me explain that for a second. All right. Taking up space is when you just a taker and you have no giving coming back out of you. The Lord will tolerate that for a little while. Remember in the scripture and uh, when he was talking to the church in Revelations, he tolerates some things, but he doesn't mean he will tolerate them all the time. And so there are people that they're just takers, moochers. They don't give, they don't serve, they don't, and you can't be in the house of the Lord. I mean, maybe in your house, but in my house, my children are a part of my house. And therefore, we're all involved in the chores of the house. We're, we're all in, and it's a team effort. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. And we need to be those that aren't just takers, but we are also givers. Givers of our time. Givers of our treasure. Givers of our talent. Givers of our touch, the four T's. We have to be givers. And so if you hear and you just sit and you're not really producing, I'm just letting you know that the Lord expects something from you. And that's a, in Christianity, a lot of times that's not talked about. It's not that you're not saved, but you're never going to live an abundant life until you learn to start giving. As a matter of fact, for some of you, you're looking for healing, and one of the greatest ways to find your healing is when you start serving, when you start helping others. That's one of the greatest ways when you start getting involved. You get on a, a dream team, you get on one of our seat groups, you're serving, you're involved, you're building relationships, you're helping someone else. You, get on, you go to an outreach, whatever it is, all of a sudden, your stuff starts being healed while you are doing the work of the Lord. So we can't just be, you know, takers. We also have to be givers. You have to be producing. And don't think that the Lord don't judge it. Look at another scripture, he talked about it in talents. 
five, two, and one. Five, double, two, double, the one. He said, you didn't do anything with it. And he said, well, you know, I didn't want to mess up, so I figured I'd bury it, figure you're a hard man. It's funny, the people who felt like the Lord was hard was the ones that were lazy. And, and he took that from them. So don't tell me he won't come and remove you so he can put someone who can produce. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cut down by the Lord. I want to be built up by the Lord. I want to produce for the Lord. I want to give to the Lord because everything we do is unto the Lord. Amen? And then the second one or the third one is if our lives are not producing good fruit, allow someone to dig around in it and put fertilizer. I hear this in church all the time. I don't want nobody digging around in my life. Or don't let no one, and this is a total fallacy, don't let anyone you know dig around in your life. It's so crazy why you go to a stranger that you know nothing about and let them dig around in your life. I would rather my wife dig around in my life. I'd rather someone who knows me dig around in my life so that they can really help me because they know me better than anyone else. And I'd rather someone like that who cares about me, who loves me to dig around. I, see, it's pride that says, I don't want the people close to me to know what's going on with me. So we need to be willing to let someone dig around in our life. And people say, I don't like people digging around in my life. I got a great solution for you. Then bear fruit. Because when you bear fruit, no one digs around in your life. So just bear fruit. And you ain't got to worry about no one digging around in your life. But if you're not bearing fruit, don't be so hard-headed as to not let someone come dig around in your life. Very important to understand. And I'll close out with this. Very important. For those carrying fertilizer, make sure it don't stink. Now, this has been a problem in the church. Now, look, this is fertilizer. If you don't know what I'm talking about, manure. This, what I have in here, is cow manure. I went in my barn. Joe and I went in the barn, and we got, I dug up the cow manure. You have to sweep that up after a while. <laughs> Cow manure. Look at that. Look at that. It don't even taste bad. I need water after this. Because it's been seasoned. It's been seasoned. And, you know, it has no, no smell to it. You know what it smells like? Dirt. It's been seasoned. See, the problem is, see, this is what the Lord says. I want you to take this. I want you to dig around, and I want you to put this in there, in their life. Because when you put that in their life, then it's going to cause them to grow and to bear fruit. All right? The problem is, in Christianity, we tend to take the green manure... And I mean things that have happened in our life, our testimonies, 
And what makes it green? What makes it mature? When you have been completely over it, healed, victorious, then it's mature enough to share with someone. When you have not, when you go around and you're talking to people about forgiveness, when you have unforgiveness in your heart for someone else, it's green. When you go around and you say, hey, you really need to be reading your Bible and you don't, it's green. When you go around and you're talking to people about this and that, yet you don't have this and that in your life, it's green. Or if you've gone through a circumstance, the worst thing you do is if just gone through a circumstance and it's still raw and you start sharing it with everyone. And look, I made that mistake as preacher before too. And you think, oh yeah, I'm gonna share this. I got this and I'm gonna, but it, it doesn't matter how even you deliver it, it's green. And when it's green, it's gonna burn the people that listen to it. It's not going to help them, it's going to destroy them. And we all gotta learn this lesson that we need to hold on to it until it matures. And it matures when it sits there under the sun and the rain and the time and the moon and the, all of the elements and it just takes time. And when you completely healed and you heal because you're writing, you're expressive right. When I expressive write and I'm meditating and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show me anything, anything that might be in me, anything that I am not over or that I have not let go or that I have not forgiven or that, that, that is bothering me, anything. And I meditate and meditate and search my soul and search down into my heart and down into my mind. And the Holy Spirit helps me to search it. If I find something there, then I'm not over it. But you know how you get over it? Confess it on that paper. Write it down and then bring the Lord in to help you deal with it. And then after y'all dealt with it, find a good confidant, someone you don't mind digging around in your life and say, man, this is what the Lord showed me and, and man, this is what he gave me and this is what I'm working with. And when you do that, that little process right there, complete total healing will be yours. And you will one day, you will one day be able to sit down. That's why right now in my life, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life, including as a Christian, the healthiest I've ever been. And it all boils down to, I'm not afraid to dig into myself with the Holy Spirit and find anything there and ask God to help me get through it. And he does. And I have healing. Because then one day you're going to go, is there anything there, Lord? Is there anything there, Lord? And it won't take as long as you think. And you're going to go, you know what? There is nothing there. And then you can say what Jesus said when Satan came. You have nothing in me. You have nothing in me because I dealt with it all. I brought it to the cross. I've asked God to help me. And you have nothing in me. Woo! You see, then you're going to be ministering from fertilizer that does not stink. And it's going to do a good job with building people up. Come on. Did this message help anybody today? Amen. Who's going to plant a tree? <laughs> Stand to your feet. We're going to plant this one somewhere. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You can go tell someone, man, pastor been throwing around a bunch of 
mess. Pastor's talking about a bunch of mess at church. I was talking about a bunch of mess, but it's dried mess. Amen. Here's the deal, guys. If you're here, matter of fact, bow your head and close your eyes. We've got a couple minutes here. It'll warm up three more degrees. All right, bow your head and close your eyes. All right, who's in here? You just go, man, I kind of got to get it in gear with this whole producing thing. I, I've, I've sat and I've been faithful doing that, but I really need to get it in gear with producing. Who would be honest enough to say, that's me, Pastor? Raise your hand and say, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Praise God. You know what? Today I put fertilizer in your life. And you know what it's going to produce? Fruit. And so I can't wait to see what the Lord does in your life from the fertilizer that's been put in there today. And for some of us in here, we need to drop the axe and we need to pick up the, the fertilizer bucket. Who in here would be humble enough to go, I've kind of used both in my ministry and I need to drop one and pick up the other? Who would say, I'm dropping the ax? Raise your hand. Hands going up everywhere. Hands going up everywhere. Going up all over the place. Drop the ax, church. Throw it away. Break it. Dull it. Whatever you got to do. We need to pick up the fertilizer. And we need to invest in people. We need to be tree huggers. Lord, I pray for everybody in here. Lord, help us be a church that's a tree hugger. Lord, help us be a church that believes in people. I know at some point you, you're going to deal with someone you, three years, then four, but eventually you deal with them. Lord, I, I'm praying. I'm praying to help us to solve that where you don't have to get to that place. I know you don't like doing it either. The father hates to have to cut someone down. He can't stand it. Exodus in scripture, he, it, it loathes him. He can't, he, he never wants someone to be cut down. He never wants someone to be destroyed. So Lord, Father, help us to not let you be put in that position. Wow, wow, that's the Holy Ghost right there. The Lord gave us this message because he don't like being in that position. And he says, I need you to help Others never get there, so I'll never have to cut them down. Wow. Wow. Lord, this is our heart. This is our desire to be there for you, Lord, to help you and help others, Lord. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, who is Jesus, the great Messiah, amen and amen.